Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. So what is your identity? Tell me about this. Are you experiencing an identity crisis? No, not not right now. I did uh, have some questions about my identity over the years. You know, um, sometimes we don't think about it until we're faced with a stripping off mm-hmm. of our identity. You know, I was a, a high school teacher for many years. My, my first degree is in music education. Then I spent about 15 years in the business world, um, and I got a master's in corporate psychology, and I was uh, an officer training. You know, I, went, I was mm-hmm. a corporate trainer for many years, and that was my identity. Then I became a pastor for several years, and, and uh, when I was a senior pastor, I felt that God was asking me to take some time off to complete my doctoral studies. And when people would say, so what do you do? I was like, okay, let me think about it because I'm a pastor, but right now I'm not pastoring. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I going to tell people? Who am I? And I remember a period of time in between in my studies. Am I a student? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I a pastor? And then I got a call from one of the universities saying, would you teach here? And I was uh-huh. like, oh, I'm a professor. That's yeah. who I am. And, <laughs> and so I would put it in my in my telephone message. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Professor Talbot. Thank you for calling. And right. all those people that had never heard that, they would go, oh, professor, is yeah. that? your new identity you know but it's it's very important to know um it is interesting though that your identity is so wrapped up with what you do yes and this is this was part of the the crisis i became to understand that my identity is that i'm god's beloved Mm -hmm. that's better that's better than what you do isn't it absolutely because what you do changes but your status with god in christ does not yeah the other thing i've noticed about this story is you were a high school teacher for many years you said yeah yeah. i was a senior pastor for many years i'm very old mike i I, I don't i know you're 96 Well, you are a little older than I am, (laughs) but I am quite old. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, today we're going to talk about the identity of someone far more important than either you or myself. That's right. And that is Jesus Christ. And we find this identity of Christ and and an announcement of the identity of Christ in a little story about Peter. Yes, and maybe uh, this is a good time to say that Mark is divided in two major halves. The first half that goes all the way to chapter 8, verse 31, is about who is Jesus. The answer is he's the son of God, Mm -hmm. and he has authority over disease, death, demons, uh, nature. So the first half of the gospel highlights Jesus as the son of God, but constantly people are asking, who is this man? Who is this man? And here in this climax, we get an answer. Okay, and this is kind of the the turning point for this this gospel. This is kind of the... uh, Everything is built to this point, and now we go in a little bit different direction. This is a very important thing, and we put this particular program midway through our series on the Gospel of Mark. We're doing uh, 25 programs on Mark, and so this is number 13 of that series. Let's take a look at this uh, story found in Mark's Gospel, the 8th chapter, beginning with the 27th verse. And Jesus went out, along with his disciples, to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? Now, remember that so far in this gospel, constantly people between themselves, among themselves, have been asking, Who is this? Who is this? And so Jesus finally says, Okay, it's time to address this question. Who do people say I am? Verse 28, And they told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, but others, one of the prophets. 
And he continued by questioning them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, Thou art the Christ. And he warned them not to tell, uh, to tell no one about him. Now, it's interesting that they would say that he was Elijah or John the Baptist or one of the prophets. And certainly there was the Old Testament prophets that before the coming of the Messiah, Elijah would come. Yes. And, and John the Baptist was the one that actually was a forerunner yes. for, for Jesus. But uh, if you don't mind, I would like to take our listeners to the previous verses to show how Mark has set this up. If I don't mind, what? You mean I actually have a choice in this? <laughs> yeah, actually you do. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Move ahead. Let's go uh, back to verse 22 of Mark chapter 8. Mm-hmm. We have this weird little miracle. And I call it weird because a lot of people don't know how to interpret this miracle. And perhaps one of the ways to do it is to remember that this is an enacted parable. It's a miracle that Jesus does that shows progressive understanding of something. And it's the miracle where this man that is blind is healed in two steps. Two stages. Uh, do you want to read it? Yeah, it, it says here, I see verse 22, and they came to Bethsaida and they uh, brought a blind man to him and entreated him to touch him. And taking the blind man by the hand, he brought him out of the village, and after spitting on his eyes and laying his hands upon him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see men, for I am seeing them like trees walking about. So, the vision is not very clear Clear. right now. Mm -hmm. And then again, he laid his hands upon his eyes, and he looked intently and was restored and began to see everything clearly. Now, I have heard many people say, oh, well, Jesus that day didn't have the power like he regularly did. It was an off day. Yeah. So, he touched him, and he kind of saw, but then he had to touch him again. Well, it's very important to understand that this is an inactive parable showing that those that believe that Jesus was like the prophets of the Old Testament or that he was simply from God were seen partially. In some ways, the Old Testament is exactly that. We see God, but we see him partially. We see a lot about him. We understand a lot about his characters, but we don't see him exactly as a representation that Jesus brings of but, God. But you know, that, that is so like all of us. I mean, there was a point in my life when I thought I understood God. I, I mm-hmm. thought I really saw him as he was, but that was only a partial vision of who God is. And I think that with me, there may be more than just two stages. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there, there's an unpeeling and an, an unveiling again, layer after layer, I begin to see God more as <clears throat> intently and truly as He is. And certainly this is uh, an enacted parable about that process. Yes, and the enacted parable is placed exactly where the gospel takes the turn to mm-hmm. show the other side of the identity of Jesus. It's not that He's only the Son of God with the authority over demons and, and nature and all of that that we've seen in the first half of the gospel, but now we're, getting, we're going to get the news that Jesus will actually die and suffer, that He's also the Son of man and that he's about to die. And this is where there is a pivot in the gospel, and that's why the two stages. You know, it's an amazing thing. You you just read through Mark the first time, and you don't catch the, the structure of all this. Yes. But, but there is a genius to this, how Absolutely. the first half of this builds one point, and then the, the second half comes down to the other side. Yes, and you will see that the titles of Jesus start changing from here on, from Son of God to Son of Man, and from His authority to His suffering. Right. And so, the two-level uh, miracle now goes to Peter. And so he says, who do you say I am? And Peter gives the first half of the first step. You're mm-hmm. from God. You're like Elijah. You're like John. You're like one mm-hmm. of the prophets. And then he gives this news of who he really is. Peter says, you are the Christ. And then he gives for the first time what we call a passion prediction that he's actually going to die. 
verse 31. Verse 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man, and he's using that messianic title that we find in Daniel, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Okay, this is the greatest pivot we have in the gospel. Don't forget that so far he's been called the Son of God. From here on, we're going to see the Son of Man suffering, dying, and resurrecting. And we have three passion predictions that come back to back, 831, 931, 1033. This is the first of the three. Mm -hmm. And this is news for the disciples. They haven't seen this side. They didn't have sight. They were only seeing trees like walking so far. That's right. And now their eyes are beginning to be open to this. But even then, it's a slow process for them. But, you know, again, this should not have been a great surprise to them because the Old Testament had talked about this this portion of the Messiah's character, the fact that that he would be the suffering Savior, the one who would die for us. You, you think back to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. It says, Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. So, this is not a real shock. At least it shouldn't be. Yeah, but see, they had not understood yet. You know, Isaiah 53 is called the Proto-Gospel because it is the most clearly uh, gospel-oriented chapter in the Old Testament that actually says that the servant of God is going to die, mm-hmm. but they hadn't put it together yet. They hadn't realized that Jesus, the Son of God, with authority, with uh, with the capability to heal and resurrect, was also the Son of Man who would die in their place. And, you know, I, I shouldn't be too hard on them because, again, my own journey has been much like theirs. I've had so much evidence of exactly who Jesus is, and yet so often I've been able to ignore it, or at certainly miss it. And I think that that's true for all of us. We have evidences of who he is, but only we see a little bit every now and then, just as we are enabled to see it. Yes. I think when we're ready to see it, our eyes are open. Yes. And the Holy Spirit guides us into a fuller understanding. This miracle of the two-stage side gives me great, um, how can I say, it comforts me because mm-hmm. many times I think I should be in a different place in my understanding. Oh, yeah. And God is so gracious with us in our own process. No matter where you are, no matter what is it that you understand about God, He's going to continue leading you into greater, greater truth of who Jesus Christ is. You may find yourself right now wondering, why is it that I haven't grown more spiritually? Mm-hmm. Why haven't I come to a fuller understanding of God? And I think this parable and this whole a section here tells us, be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really in control of those things. That's that's the Holy Spirit directing, and He's revealing to you as you are ready, as you are able. He is bringing you along a path of growth so that you will know your Savior more and more dearly every day. Jesus worked like this with His disciples, allowing them to grow. He works the same way with us, and He will reveal Himself more and more to you as you allow Him to see um, him more clearly because Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the Father. He is. Remember this, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is your Lord, but He is also the Son of Man. He is the suffering Savior, the one who died for your sins. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv That's Jesus101.tv Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.